Welcome back to the Mindset Matters Podcast. I'm your host, Dylan Alanis, current Juco Bandit, and most importantly, follower of Christ, on a mission to get myself and every listener 1% better. Each week, this podcast brings you a message or a special guest to help you discover why your mindset matters. Thank you for listening, and let's get right into it. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. It's great to have you all here. I've got a very special guest, the first guest, actually, of the Mindset Matters podcast. Here with me today is Wyatt Duncan, a.k.a. Big Dunk. Take it away, Wyatt. Uh, What's up, everybody? Um, Like Dylan just said, my name is Wyatt Duncan. Uh, I grew up in Rancho Cucamonga pretty much my whole life. Um, I went to Los Osos High School uh, all four years, and now I'm currently at Biola University in La Mirada, California. Um, I play baseball there, and I'm majoring in political science. Growing up, I played pretty much baseball since I was like, since I can remember, honestly. I played football for a little bit, um, but super passionate about baseball. Um, So I've played that pretty much my whole life. So that's where I'm at right now. Uh, My freshman year of high school, I actually had Tommy John surgery. Um, And that was, I was only 15 when I had the surgery. So that was pretty, pretty crazy. I mean, going through that at a young age is kind of like, I don't know. In your, I was so young where it's like when you have that experience, you, you think your career's over. Like I was like, oh no, I'm having Tommy John surgery. Like because that's all you hear on like ESPN, Sports Center. You know, pitchers have Tommy yeah. John. It takes them forever to come back. Um, so that was a pretty crazy experience. Like going through all that. Um, definitely kind of leaned on my faith there for a little bit for sure. But I was so young, it's like I didn't really understand what or fully understand my faith. I would say. So, like, I don't know. I think that was, I, th- I would say that's kind of where I first started to, like, pray a lot. Like, I grew up in a Christian household and, like, went to church on Sundays, Sunday school, like, the whole the whole thing. But going through that, like, mentally at 15, like, not being able to play baseball, watching all my, like, buddies play baseball, and, like, going these different Yeah, going to all the cool tournaments and stuff yeah, like that. exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. um, kind of going through that, it's very, like, it's very lonely. It was super lonely. I was, like, very isolated a lot. Um, I was doing like physical therapy for like three hours a day for three days a week. Then two days a week, I would go and work out, like do legs. I had like a little robo arm that I was doing like leg workouts and stuff like that. So I was super, um, super lonely, I guess, like very just a lonely road, like just trying to work back. And I was super, I was super dedicated. And um, I would say I was, that would probably be the first time in my life where I really started uh, like my prayer life kind of. Like, I would pray a lot. Leaning on God for the most part. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. Because, I mean, what other 15-year-old has to deal with Tommy John (laughs) surgery? Um, Yeah, for sure. And you would think it would be from baseball, but it was actually football. Yeah, football incident. So, (laughs) that's kind of the crazy part. So, um, uh, my yeah, I played football my freshman year. Um, Everyone told me not to play, but I wanted to play. I played football when I was, like, uh, ages, like, 9... I was 9, 10, and 11, so I played three years of, like, Pop Warner football, and I loved it. And so after that, I just played baseball, like, all through middle school. And then my freshman year of high school came around, and I was like, you know what, like, let's let's play football. I was pretty pumped about it. Um, The idea was, like, I played two sports in high school. You get stronger, like, more athletic, like, all that stuff. And so just doing that, and then it was like, yeah, like, give give your arm a break, like, play another sport. 
So it seemed like a great idea. And I, I had a lot of fun. And then the last game of the last season, in the last quarter, I uh, was tackling someone. And then my linebacker came to help me out, but he hit, like, the back of my arm. So basically my arm got wedged between the guy I was tackling and my linebacker. And it knocked me off, but my elbow got stuck. So then it basically hyperextended, like, really bad. Or, like, it was like a quick, like, dislocation, I guess. Like, it popped out real quick, then popped back in. And it didn't really, in the moment, it was like a, it felt like someone just stretched my arm, like really, like when you stretch a rubber band. So it felt like I like overstretched. Yeah. And I was like, as soon as it happened, I knew I was like, oh man, that's something's not, not right. Yeah. yeah. And then, um, so I go off to the sideline, actually, this, this part's kind of crazy. And uh, I sat out for a couple of plays and I was like, and the first person I looked to was my dad in the stands. Cause he, and he like, like we both made eye contact and he was, I was like, he could tell like by the look on my face, but I was like, all right, like I'm going to try to go back in and I couldn't even pick up my helmet. Cause like my arm was like, so like, Toast. just, yeah, it was weird. I've never experienced anything like to this day, never experienced yeah. something like that. So like, that's when I knew I was like, all right, I can't finish this game. Cause in my head I'm thinking like baseball is my priority. I want to play baseball. Like I'm just playing football for fun really. Yeah. And so then, um, from there it was like, you know, the game ends, whatever, uh, we went to the oh i just went home after that yeah we like iced it and it was already swollen and i was like in my head i just kept thinking like this is not good like I, but i kept trying to tell myself like oh it's fine whatever yeah um and then we went to the next day the next morning we went to the the er i think yeah and then we they like took x-rays and everything and they're like yeah nick there's no fracture everything's fine um and they told me basically that it was like a contusion Mm. something like that so they were like hey just like you're gonna be in a sling for like i think it was almost two weeks and then <laughs> after that you should be fine and i was that's literally what it was so that was crazy so then i was like okay cool like in my head I, like deep down i think i knew that like there was something else wrong mm -hmm. or something more serious but i was like like whatever cool like i just wanted to play and yeah. then um i played baseball on that for like almost two months actually I pitched, I, and it was... You the, pitched? Yeah, so, like, <laughs> actually, dude, that was probably the worst pain I've ever felt is when I would throw. I would get this, like, shooting pain, and it hurt so freaking bad, man. And I was, like, like it would be, it would hurt so bad, like, tears would... Like, I, my eyes would get, like, teary-eyed just because it hurt so bad. Like, that's, for, that's to this day, the worst pain I've ever had. And you just kept going? Yeah, because I was, like, <laughs> dude, I was, like... I, I just didn't want to – I think more – it was more of, like, I didn't want to admit that I was hurt. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I get that. Yeah. And, uh, and also, you're just a dog. No. No. <laughs> I think I was honestly scared of being hurt. Like, I was scared of, like, yeah. being hurt and going through that. that process, especially because I was, like, 15. So, I was, like, I didn't know – like, I didn't know any better. Yeah. It's like hoping that one throw would magically be fine and, like, yeah. back to normal. Like, please yeah. feel better. Like, I don't yeah. want to be hurt. I don't want to go through that whole recovery process. Um, kind of a funny story from that, actually, is uh, – I. I would play catch with my dad, but because my UCL was like completely toast, I had my arm was basically just flailing. It's like I had no control of where the <laughs> ball was going. Yeah, and I was like sailing throws like all down the street. My dad's like, "What are you doing? Like, what's going on?" And I'm like, "I don't know." And that was like so. Now it was like that was crazy because that was then that was funny because like hindsight, like yeah, I had a completely <laughs> torn UCL. But in the moment, it was like, dude, my dad was like going nuts he's like what what like what happened to it like, yeah 
So I bet you're going nuts too. Yeah, like, mentally, at, dude, like, I was freaking out. Because like as athletes, as pitchers or throwers, yeah, we we know what we have to do to throw the ball to a certain target. Yeah, but for whatever reason, like when something's messed up, you're trying to do that dude. and it goes fifty feet the other Ooh. way. Yeah, yeah, and uh, yeah. So then, eventually, and the swelling never went down. So then, eventually. Like we went and got an MRI, probably about it was like about a month later, not two months. And then I still kept, you know, kept practicing whatever. And then uh, the MRI came back, and it turned out so that when I went back to the the orthopedic, uh, where was it? I think it was in Pomona, Gary Orthopedic or whatever. Okay. Yeah. Um, the guy was like, "Yeah, like I'm not a complete professional at reading these MRIs. Like I'm not." He goes, "That's not technically my job, so I'm not going to give you bad information." He goes, mm-hmm. "But from what I can tell." It's completely torn. <laughs> and he was like, and that um, your original x-ray showed a fracture, but they missed it. And so this is actually pretty interesting. When they originally x-rayed my arm uh, after the incidents, like that morning after the game, they said there was no fracture. But I guess what there was, there was like, there was a fracture, but they thought it was a growth plate. Mm. Which I don't know anything about all that, so I don't yeah. even know how that would happen. But they thought it was a growth plate, so then they just were like, all right. This guy's fine. <laughs> but then at the orthopedic office, they x-rayed my other arm to see if, like, if it was a growth plate, yeah. I guess it would be. To make a comparison. Yeah. yeah. And they were like, yeah, that's not a growth plate. Like, you fractured your elbow. Yeah. So I guess what ended up, like, the, the whole injury was I fractured my elbow and then I completely tore my UCL all within a span of, like, five seconds of tackling someone. Love that. So that was crazy. And then, yeah, dude, from that point on, it was like, then the, the doctor that did my surgery, he came in, then he read the whole MRI thing, and he was like, yeah, like, it's completely torn. Like, this isn't a partial tear. It's completely torn. Uh, your elbow's fractured. There's bone fragments all throughout your elbow. We're going to have to clean all those out. You're going to have to repair um, your UCL and all that. And I was like, dude, I remember because I was, you know, I was, like, blown away. Like, I was, like, yeah. completely rattled, man. I was like, this is crazy. That was in uh, – it was like November, December. That was in December when I finally found out. So the incident happened actually in October. So it was December. So it was about a month and a half like that I just didn't know. And then, um, yeah, that was crazy. And then that, that, that was like the first time where I felt like, man, my life is – not my life is over, but I was just like – like it all hit me. This is know? real stuff. Yeah, <laughs> dude, it was crazy. And, uh, yes, yeah, so and I was pretty nervous, like super nervous for the surgery, super – you know just anxious like i didn't know anything about any any of this like yeah and like i said earlier like all you hear in the or in like sports center online or whatever it's like guys have tommy john and they come back but it takes them years yeah and some guys are never the same yeah or some so, guys are just done or, after yeah that. and yeah. so i was like dude i'm f- like really i'm gonna this is how it ends like i'm done playing baseball at 15 yeah. like i had a bunch of stuff going on in my head and then yeah and then eventually i had the surgery january 5th and uh yeah and then after that it was just a long road of recovering just a lot of just grinding man and it was it was pretty hard like that was probably the most challenging thing i've had to go through physically as, as an athlete like going through all that and like staying disciplined and like yeah. especially like being so young like i wanted to go mm-hmm. you know hang out yeah. and do other things mm-hmm. be with friends or just go like yeah and, but i couldn't and so like i really had to learn like discipline Sacrifice. Yeah, sacrifice, dude. That was a big yeah. one. Like, I would sacrifice a lot. Like, 
going out with friends or yeah. doing other things like and it was uh that was pretty hard like i said earlier it was pretty lonely like it was yeah, a pretty lonely 100%. road but uh yeah that was when probably i started um like praying a lot more and i was really like that was probably the first time in my life where i did have a realization like i can't do this without like i can't do this alone you yeah, know what i mean so like 100%. I never, I didn't, I didn't really get into scripture at that point, but I definitely was, uh, like my prayer life. I would pray a lot, stuff like that. So that definitely got me through it. Part yeah. of that, that and my family. But uh, yeah, that was crazy, man. That was a hard experience. Yeah, dude, rehab's tough. Yeah, man. Especially, yeah, dude. being 15 years old, your first like what six months in high school. Oh yeah, like, it was yeah, like, that's tough. It's crazy. And then, um, I'll never forget when I was able to throw a tennis ball, which was like. <laughs> I think I started throwing almost six months post-surgery, so it was right around five and a half months, five months. And that was the first time I ever did a th over, overhead throwing motion again mm -hmm. since surgery. And it was like all I did was stick my arm straight up in the air and then, like, flick it pretty yeah. much. And I was like – I remember I was at team physical therapy, dude, and I was like <laughs> – Shout out Jeff. My, uh, yeah, shout out Jeff, dude. <laughs> Him and uh, – Kevin was there at the time. That was the guy that worked with me. Kevin. Okay. I actually, I worked with Zach Leal when I was there my first yeah. time. Dude, so actually during that time I'd go to PFA yeah. and do legs and stuff. Yeah. And Zach was there. So like Zach would train. Bobby was there too. I hope they remember me. Shout out know. Zach. No, they, yeah. they talk about you all oh, the time really? actually. Yeah, yeah, cool. Sorry to put them on blast. But. <laughs> <laughs> no, dude, those guys are legit, man. Dave was great too. Like they're all just good dudes. Yeah. And I'll always be thankful for that. Like they gave me a place to, to train when I was like, you know all banged up I yeah, didn't do so that's them that's oh, their culture dude, they take everyone yeah, in they're great dudes man and I have nothing but love for those guys especially f just when I was going through all that that was awesome yeah. like to have that like kind of like a Absolutely. You know, support system mm -hmm. and stuff but uh yeah man when I was able to do like just throw a tennis ball I remember being so juiced and then uh I came home and I was like I was all like excited and then uh <laughs> it was funny because um it was like during it was during like the baseline league play or whatever. Yeah. So like I knew like I was hearing about all the games. Then we went out. I think we went out to like dinner or whatever that night. We were talking to uh, the Freemans actually, and they were like talking about their game. And I was just all juiced up because I threw a tennis ball. So then like <laughs> afterwards, I was telling my dad, I was like, man, like they're talking about baseball and all that. I was like, and they're like talking about winning the game or whatever that I didn't even remember but I just remember thinking like this is crazy like those guys talk about baseball yeah like, I'm on top of the world just because I threw a tennis ball <laughs> hey that that says a lot about character yeah, though like they, being thankful for like what you got oh 100% and like that was one thing I learned too is how to appreciate like life but specifically like baseball dude like having that you know I don't think like you don't really realize how much something means to you until it's like gone mm -hmm. and like learning mm -hmm. that and like having to go through that and like just being thankful for just getting up every day and being able yeah. to work towards that goal you know like, celebrating the small wins oh, before yeah. they start getting bigger 100%, dude yeah all right so on to the next thing uh tell me a little bit about your recruiting story to wagner like why oh, yeah. wagner how like what made you choose new york yeah did you have any other offers um, stuff like that so basically i man, I, didn't, I didn't really start getting like recruited um until after my sophomore year of high school it's like the I'll never forget the first school that really started talking to me was UC Riverside, and um, I was pretty like juiced about that. I was like, yeah, like oh I can't like, I can play college, yeah. and this was after surgery, so like I was playing and hitting. Um, I tried to come back and pitch, but I just couldn't do both, man. I tried to do both because like before yeah. Tommy John, I pitched like a lot, and I I thought I was gonna like be a like 
good pitcher. Really? And then Tommy John happened, and then I was able to start hitting before throwing. So mm -hmm. then I would hit all the time because I was able yeah. to, and then the hitting kind of just took off more than the pitching. And then when I tried to pitch, it just it wasn't panning out. I couldn't couldn't hack it. Yeah. And I, I was more, like, focused on hitting. So then I was mm -hmm. like, you know what, like, I'll just be a hitter. Yeah. <laughs> but um, so, yeah, I started getting recruited. It was, like, my – summer going into my junior year it's so like uc riverside was the first school talking to me so that was really cool i went on like a visit there and i was like juiced i was like man like i can yeah, of course you know i can do this like yeah. i'm i'm recovered like i'm like man so that was cool and then um my uh but i was a little from the surgery i was like i would say i was overweight for sure like just from not being able to do anything yeah like besides yeah. rehab and like i was lifting a lot but I wasn't running, like I wasn't really taking mm. care of myself as far as that yeah. goes. And I didn't know anything about nutrition, so I yeah. was just freaking eating yeah. everything. This was before you got hooked up with legends. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, um, so like I had a couple schools talking to me, like Riverside, like I said, and then um, that summer though, like could have been a big summer for me, but I didn't really, like I didn't take care of my body well enough, and I didn't, um, I wasn't in the right shape. So like I played all mm -hmm. summer like with cba and stuff like that but i didn't play that i had like an okay summer but it was really like it was the first time i realized because i was playing with like like dudes man like uh cody freeman like marcus johnson like dude, a bunch of dudes like uh joe naranjo guys who are professional guys who are baseball dudes. players yeah, right like, now <laughs> i was playing with those guys and i was like man like i'm not quite there yet as much as i like thought i could like i, I knew i could be for sure mm -hmm. like but at that moment in time just from you know coming back from surgery and all that i was like i need to you know I, I knew like i was not there yet and i needed to do something about that mm -hmm. so then that was actually that was going into my junior year so in the beginning of my junior year like i said really the only school i had talked to up and up until that point was uh um, uc riverside and then i had a call with my coach from cba um shout out john pano because i was like hey like how do i get on the field right and mm -hmm. I actually left my biology class to call him and we talked, we talked for like 15 don't, minutes. Don't do this kids. Yeah. Man. Stay in class. <laughs> Go to school. Um, and he, uh, he was like, honestly, like he goes, this might be hard to hear, but like, you need to lose weight. You need to get in better shape. He like mm -hmm. laid it all out there for me and he was honest and like, mm -hmm. I'll forever be thankful for that. Cause yeah. I, I needed like, you absolutely. Know, I needed that. Yeah. And then that was the first time after that. So then I was talking to Joe Spears mm -hmm. and then I, he's, that's how I got into athletic Republic. Mm -hmm. That was the first time I did all that treadmill stuff, mm -hmm. and that set me up, man. I freaking lost weight. I was in the gym. I was getting after it. I would get up at, like, I felt like a Navy SEAL, dude. I was getting up at, like, 4.30, working out. Then yeah. I'd go to school. And then after school, I'd go to AR, and then, yeah. or depending on the day, I'd go lift again. Like, I was super locked in, man, and I was like, Grinding. I'm going to do it. And then my junior year fall, I had a pretty good fall, so I started talking to a few more schools. And then my spring, my junior year was good like i had a really good year and i kind of like put myself on the map like i was raking i was like i was hitting bombs i was like dude like it's all coming together and then um that's when i started talking to wagner popped up on like field level or mm -hmm. whatever and i was like okay cool like some school in new york likes me that's sick and then i was yeah. talking to like um i was talking to columbia university princeton dang um all these schools like because i was smart 
Okay. I was going to say, know if I was that, like a smart yeah. kid? I don't know if I was like Ivy League smart, but I had like, <laughs> I was smart, dude. I had like, I had a really good GPA. I had, I did get on the SAT. So I was like, oh, dude, maybe I can go get it. No, that's solid. Maybe I can get a pretty cool degree. Yeah, and then, absolutely. Um, it's like, I started talking to those schools and then uh, still talking like UC Riverside. And then um, I was talking to UC San Diego too. Okay. They started um, talking to me a lot. Uh, I was talking to their pitching coach, who's now the head coach of Point Loma. Um, so then that was cool. And then, and this is all from like, all this is like the span of like my junior year spring all through the summer going into my senior year. Okay. And that whole time, like yeah. I was going off. Like yeah. I was, dude, I had a good spring and I played summer with CBA freaking raked. Like I was like, finally, finally, like all my hard work and like everything I believed I could do was like coming true. Right. That's awesome. And so that's pretty much how I got I started talking to the schools and then somewhere in the winter what was it oh dude I freaking forgot this part so in January of my junior year that's what happened I went to I uh, went to New York City to go visit Columbia okay, okay and to go visit Wagner so this is where all the New yeah, York yeah. interest so is this is from. so like okay. they had started talking to me so I was right they started these schools started talking to me in the fall because okay. like I was like taking okay. video sending emails like yeah. doing all the you know the cringy recruit stuff that you <laughs> that you have to do and my dude shout out my mom my mom typed a bunch of emails for me oh, heck like, yeah. I, was, I was typing other emails she was doing that so like that's good wouldn't have been able to do it without my mom making sure it looks good yeah because i was like i don't know like this is you know it's the first time no yeah addressing and, and you're what like 16 years old yeah like, like 16 17 somewhere in there we don't have our heads on straight yeah, dude i was like come on but uh so that's what it was so i went on that visit in january and dude i went to new york man and i was like this is freaking cool like i've yeah. never seen anything like that like grow up in california your whole life like mm-hmm. You know, completely I'm, different. I'm just a kid from the suburbs, man. Not, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I'm not like I'm not anything special. I'm not, you know, I'm not any like all I've seen my whole life is like suburban California, <laughs> Victoria right? Gardens. Yeah, like I've you know, and uh, so going to New York City, like the biggest city in the world, and like just seeing that was like crazy to me. I thought it was like the coolest thing. And then um, when I uh, when I went on my visit, Columbia was really cool. And then, like, they had me do, like, a camp there or whatever. So mm-hmm. that was cool. That was, like, a lot of fun. Um, and I had been talking to that coach for a while, too. And then uh, going to visit to Wagner, they take me on this visit. And uh, I really liked the school. It was, like, a small school, like, super cool. Um, and then I talked to the coaches in the office for, like, an hour, like, over an hour. And it was just, like, a conversation. Like, I really liked it. Like, I was, like, I, was, like clicked with them. I felt like everything was good. I was like, man, like I could, I could, you know, I could see myself being here. I could see myself playing here, mm-hmm. you know. And it was in January, so it was like twenty degrees outside. <laughs> so my, my thought, my parents' thought process was, was if we go on a visit in the winter when it's cold, you can see what it's like. That's as cold as it gets. Yeah, and then yeah. you can determine, like, you know, yeah. if you like it or not. So yeah. if you can I suck like, it up or not. And you know, in my head, I was like, yeah, I can do this, like, no problem. But then when I get there, you know, <laughs> it's a different thing. <laughs> Not that I couldn't do it, but it's like, like actually living there. Like it's... actually playing baseball in the cold yeah. is very different than just visiting. Yeah, but that's uh, very true. Yeah, so then that was cool, and um, I I was like, man, I like these are like this is really cool. So then, fast forward, like I have a good junior year, good junior like summer, like I was doing well. Other schools started talking to me, so that's like in the summer. That's when UC San Diego started talking to me. Uh, Cal Poly Pomona was talking to me. Um. 
still talking to Princeton, Columbia, Wagner, UC Riverside was still talking to me, but I wasn't, you know, I was like just talking to all these different. You weren't schools. giving them the light of day. No, no, no. <laughs> they were they were really cool. Like, but I just was like, I wanted once I saw New York, that's what made me. I was like, yeah. I want to go out of California. So like Columbia and Wagner were like yeah. Top so like I was like, man, I want to go. And then, uh, yeah, I just I had a good summer, and then. Um, I'll never forget. I was in Indiana visiting my cousins out there. Uh, the coach from Wagner called me, and I'd been talking to him and all that. And this was like, uh, was it July? I think it was in July. And uh, yeah, I'll never forget him and the head coach were on the phone, and then they offered me. And That's I awesome. Like, that was my first offer since that was my first offer ever. And I was like, wow. Like I, I, I almost started crying because I was like, dude, I did it. Like I got, I, I freaking came back. I worked my butt off. I got after it. Every like I freaking lost weight i did everything i was supposed to do right and so like for it to finally come to like fruition i was like you climbed the mountain yeah and yeah. i was like dude heck yeah and then i'll, I'll never forget that because i was like i was it was in indiana too with my family and i'm really close with them it's yeah. so, like just to like have them be a part of that was cool yeah and then uh yeah that was like it was a it was a good offer everything was cool i liked it there it felt right and then um i hadn't that was like towards the end of the summer so like i was still talking to other schools and uh but no one else had like fully pulled the trigger yet mm -hmm. so i was like i was like man like i want to get out of california new york city like let's do it so then beginning of august right before my senior year started i took the offer mm -hmm. and it was like it was cool and like i don't have any regrets or nothing like that i i was all in like i wanted to go there it was if i would have waited i know i there would have been more offers and all that but honestly dude like at the time it just felt really like it felt right like yeah. wagner felt great like i was like dude like let's do it so then mm -hmm. i yeah i committed or whatever right before my senior year and then had a good senior year and then i was i was off yeah. <laughs> off to new york city man which was uh which was crazy i could tell a bunch of stories about that but um <laughs> yeah so that was cool and uh then once i got there man it was like dude culture shock for sure because i was like man this is so different like, yeah it's so different than anything i'm playing Dude. baseball i'm going to school <laughs> i'm living on my own yeah my parents are across the country so it's like i have no yeah. you know you got free reign uh, yeah dude. and i was like let's like sweet let's get after <laughs> it you know 18 years old turning 19 ready to take on the world man and uh it was cool man i had a good time there like uh i have no regrets about like being there nothing like that i met so many good people dude i met like just people I would have never met if I would have never been there, obviously. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So, yeah. Dude, and I had fun. Like, I had fun living there. I had fun going to school. I had fun um, freaking going out on the weekends. Like, I I had a great time. And then uh, – and baseball was cool, like, but it just was so different for me. Like, I never felt super uh, – like, it just never felt... I don't know what the right word never is. Never clicked? Yeah, like, it just never clicked. Nothing bad or anything like that. I just was, like, you know, baseball-wise, it just never was clicking mm -hmm. for me. Like, I yeah. was never able to... You were like, there's got to be something more than this? Yeah, like, I was yeah. just, like... I was just, like, man, like, I can't, like... I don't know. I didn't think it was... After two years there, I just didn't think it was the best place for me personally anymore. Like, baseball-wise. Like, I didn't mm -hmm. think I was going to develop into the player that I wanted to be there. Mm-hmm. And that's nothing against, like, coaches or anything like that. That was, like, personal to me. Like, I felt like yeah. if I stayed there, I couldn't make the dis the decisions necessary to, like, be mm -hmm. what I wanted to be. Yeah. And, like, you know, maybe that's, maybe that's, like, a, I don't know, maybe, maybe that's different for other people. Like, it is different for other people. But for me, 
I 100% knew that like if I stayed there, I wasn't going to be able to make the decisions and do the things necessary to be absolutely know, yeah where I wanted to be. And maybe yeah. that's you know maybe that's soft or whatever. But I, that's no, not at all. Yeah. I think it'd be soft to be comfortable in yeah. a place where you're not challenging, yeah. challenging yourself and, and that's, not growing. That's, yeah, and that's how it felt. Like I just felt stuck. I guess is the best yeah. word. Like baseball wise, I felt stuck, and like I felt like. I don't know. I felt like all I looked forward to was just going out and partying and stuff, which like there's a time and a place, but you know, mm-hmm. I just had no. Yeah. When know. that, when that's like your number one thing, yeah. like that, that's when you know something's like, got to change. I, yeah. And like, I had a great time. Like I had, I have a bunch of good memories and stuff like that, but I was just like, man, like, I don't know. It didn't, didn't feel right for me anymore. If mm-hmm. that makes sense. And then, um, actually too, like getting to the faith part of it, that's when I, uh, my second year at Wagner, so like COVID happens, you know, the whole world freaking ends. And, uh, <laughs> basically <laughs> I come back home for, um, for however long that was. And, uh, I go back, right. So fall of 20, fall of 2020, my, uh, my, assi- we had a new assistant coach. He was like the infield hitting coach guy, Andrew Turner. Great dude. So shout out Andrew Turner. That guy was freaking awesome, man. I still talk to him like every now and then we catch up. Um, he started talking to me about God. Cause one day I said something like it was after an inner squad or something or hitting, I forgot what it was. Cause like we would take the vans to the practice field mm-hmm. and I was in his van. And so we were talking about just baseball or whatever. And then I said like, you know, like best way to deal with failure. Or like I was just like the way I deal with it was if it's meant to happen, like if, if God wants it to happen, it's going to happen. If mm-hmm. not, then it won't happen. And I didn't, I wasn't even like, I wouldn't even consider myself like a strong Christian at that point, but I had like a belief in God. And I was yeah. like, and I did believe that. I was yeah. like, dude, if, you know, God wants me to do good that day. I'll do good. If he yeah. doesn't, then he wants me to learn something through that, you know? Yeah. So As when I, I, so when I said that to him, then it sparked this, we started talking about faith. And then I was like, I was like, Oh, like started opening my eyes a little bit. And then dude, from that point on, him and I would talk all the time, man. Like before practice, like on those van rides, we would talk about faith. On the rides back, talk about faith. We would text about it. Um, we would just whenever we had like free time, him and we were like free time at practice or coming back. Like I said, we would talk about it, and it was like I was learning things from him that I never freaking knew about or never even thought about. Like mm-hmm. as far as faith goes, like the gospel, the story of Christ, like what's it mean to be a Christian mm-hmm. in this world? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And uh, he truly, that was all. Like, he was, like, the biggest mentor as far as my faith goes. Yeah. Like, 110% wouldn't be where I am today with my walk with Christ if it wasn't for him. That's so, awesome. Yeah. And then, actually, along with that, um, there's a dude out there. I think he graduated. Mike Pepe. So, shout out, Mike Pepe. But uh, he, uh, this dude was, like, big old dude. He threw uh, threw discus at Wagner. Okay. track guy. And he was, like, just made, so a tank, bro, made me look small. Like this dude was big. <laughs> and for the viewers out there, Wyatt's probably like <laughs> six three, two hundred fifty. Like he's got a hundred pounds on me of pure muscle. <laughs> like this man is huge. But uh, and he one day he saw because I wore a cross. I'm not wearing it right now because the chain broke. But um, hey, break those chains, baby. <laughs> <laughs> it was a cross that my grandma gave me, and uh, it was like an Irish uh, Gaelic cross okay like, really yeah. cool because like my, my my whole family's basically from ireland immigrated here from ireland and like some of them are from scotland so like big irish family like we have we love it 
<laughs> pretty cool. All in. Yeah, all in. <laughs> but uh, anyways, so this guy, Mike Pepe, sees my cross one time in the library, and I'd never met this guy before. He goes, hey, are you a Christian? And I was like, he goes, I see your necklace. And I was like, oh. I was like, uh, yeah. And I was like super nervous, dude. <laughs> I was like freaking scared. Yeah. I was like, oh, uh, yeah. You know, and he was like, dude, you should come to our Bible study. Like, I'm starting a Bible study this week. And I instantly was like, dude, tail tucked between my legs. I was like, no, I'm not going. <laughs> so I was like, oh, dude, like, I'll think about it. We exchanged numbers. And I was like, no, I'm not going. I'm like, no way I'm doing that. Like, I was, yeah. dude, literally, and it, it, I was just, it wasn't anything other than I was, like, actually scared, like, nervous. I had bad anxiety. I was freaking, I was like, dude, I'm, oh, my God, I'm so embarrassed. Like, if I go there, I don't know what I'm talking about. Like, I was super just did not want to be vulnerable i was freaking just scared man like really that's yeah. the best word way to put it and uh so i just kind of kind of blew him off to be honest with you like mm-hmm. after that for the first go around and then i think he did he see me again he probably saw me again at small campus there's only like 1300 kids so like oh, I saw, really? yeah i saw the same people all the time and uh he saw me again and then brought it up to me and i was like you know what I have to go. Like, yeah. I can't. You, you owed it bad. to him at that point. Yeah. And then I went. And so this was at the exact same time that I was meeting and talking with Turner. So then this whole time span, like, I started getting more comfortable as I started learning more. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know what? Like, I'm going to do it. Like, that was the first time where I felt, like, called to do something. Mm-hmm. And I was like. Got the tug. Yeah. I was like, you know what? I'm going to go. And I went. And we started reading. Uh, oh, I forgot the first passage we started reading. But I remember being there. And I remember being like okay like this is cool and dude mike was like super knowledgeable like great dude so he was like helping me out like giving insight and then like i would as i started getting more comfortable i started to talk more so then i ended up i would go to that bible study as much as i could mm-hmm. but it was on uh fridays so like a lot of times we were traveling Baseball. yeah yeah but uh in the fall i went and then yeah dude and then at the same time talking to turner and like i was really starting to grow in my faith i was like you know what this whole uh, this whole Christian thing is pretty cool because like, dude, I didn't like honestly before like growing up Christian and like yeah, I you know you're so young like you don't really mm. know like I didn't know yeah. I just knew that like you know either like Jesus came down died yeah. for our sins yeah and you have to believe in Jesus like, there's, I, there's... I didn't know the context I didn't know the the historical timeline all that stuff yeah. dude I mean from my understanding there's like a there's a secondhand knowing Christian life and there's a firsthand like knowing god yourself and walk in that life and it's night and day yeah dude it's night and day oh it's it's completely night and day and like yeah so like my i started really learning about my faith the first book i ever read because then turner was like dude you should read scripture he goes that's like god's word Mm -hmm. and so i was like you know like yeah so i got the bible app on my phone and the first like plan i did so random i read the book of acts but i think that I was meant to read that because, you know, I learned what it was like to be a Christian, like what it actually looks like mm-hmm. to be a Christian Absolutely. and believe in Christ and then to spread the gospel. Yeah. Like what Paul went through, what the apostles went through, mm-hmm. going to prison, getting beat, getting, you know what I mean? Like yeah. just relentlessly getting, mm-hmm. you know, destroyed by the world and their faith never lacked ever. Yeah. And I, th- I think Paul... I relate to Paul a lot because oh, yeah, it's it's a radical 180 turn from dude, this man was exactly. persecuting Christians yes, at one point, 100%. like the complete opposite of what 
like Christians stand yeah. for. It's going after him. He's being the number one antagonist. Yeah. And then falls off his horse. Then boom, for God, hundred percent, like radically for yes, God, one hundred percent, and living man. the life. And like lately, I've been like, oh, hey, I yeah. can I definitely relate to that Dude, a lot. That's exactly what went through my head because I was like. You know, I wasn't living a very godly lifestyle. Like I was yeah. doing, I was doing like the college experience. Like the, you go the, there, the freshman, you, yeah, the freshman you, year. <laughs> dude, you hang out, you party, you freaking get blasted, and then you play baseball. You know what I mean? Like let, let's not sugarcoat it. Like that's yeah. what, that's what everyone tells you you're supposed to do. Yeah. And I felt, I think, I felt super called when I heard that when I read that because I was like, dude, Paul was like, Paul was killing Christians. He was yeah. like, you know what I mean? And then yeah. complete 180 becomes the greatest Christian ever. Like mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Yeah. And so I was like that really stood out to me because I was like really understanding like it doesn't matter who you are what you've done what bad you know it doesn't matter dude Mm -hmm. if you give your life to Christ like you're fresh start yes and I that was so you know as a young kid like just trying to figure out what I wanted to do in life and what was going on like uh that was huge for me especially um I should have said this earlier but give a little context into this uh, in t- fall 2019 or winter 2019, my uncle uh, committed suicide. And so before that, I had been praying to God about him. Mm-hmm. And then when it happened, I felt like betrayed, really. Like yeah. I felt like God let yeah. me down. He didn't answer my prayer. Yeah. So then. Like, God, I'm giving this to you. And yeah. yet it and still it happens. It didn't, it, yes. Like you didn't and help. that really jacked Quote, unquote, me Quote, you didn't help me. Dude, exactly. Yeah. And that really actually jacked me up for a while. Like, I didn't... After that, dude, I, like... I'll never forget. I I found out... My dad calls me. I instantly start crying, you know, ball my eyes out in the middle of campus. And then it started raining. And so I went back to my dorm room. My roommate knew, so he gave me a hug. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, dude, I gotta go. Like, I gotta leave. I can't just sit here. So then I walked. I'll never forget, dude. It was, like, pouring rain outside. It's cold. And I sat outside for, like it was like two, it had to have been at least two hours dude and I was like just praying talking to God for like two hours and I was like just mad like I was just so mad like mm-hmm. I was I was like my, my dad has always told me he goes if if you're gonna be mad at God like God can take it right like that, that's something my dad's always mm-hmm. said like when you pray he goes tell God everything like if you're upset whatever it is yeah. God can he's here he, he'll listen to you and, he, and my dad is for whatever reason, this is sucking my brain. He always says, like, God can take it. Like, he's God. Absolutely. And so uh, my dad's told me that since I was little because my dad's prayer life is pretty strong. That's and, awesome. Um, so in that moment, I was like, all right, God, like, I'm upset. And so, <laughs> dude, I – yeah, man, at least two hours. And then after that, I stopped praying. I stopped – I stopped everything. I didn't yeah. want to – You walked the other way. Yeah, I was so upset. So then context, that was in fall 2019. So then – fall 2020 so like almost a year later mm-hmm. is when i met turner mm-hmm. and then i started going to the bible study and mm-hmm. everything i talked about i should say that before but um so for that for that year span i was not yeah not praying not doing anything man Dude, I, had, I, I was you. questioning god i i didn't even really i'd say that whole year man i didn't really believe i didn't want to believe i was like so upset like it felt like what killed me was that i prayed and then two days later it happened and i felt like like you said like yeah. god quote unquote let me down or didn't help yeah. me out didn't help my uncle out and i was like like i didn't understand it dude and uh so yeah that whole year didn't do anything 
just wanted to walk the other way. Anything that talked about God, man, didn't want to hear it. Yeah. I was over it. Then I met Turner, and I like I still had that belief in God. Cause like I knew God was there, but I wasn't praying, wasn't reading. Like I was not. You were hurt. Uh, yeah, I wasn't a participating yeah, Christian. Yeah, I mean, and then, yeah. So then that whole the Bible study takes off, and then I'm starting to learn. And then as I read, and pray more, I'm starting to, I'm starting to like gain peace with mm-hmm. like like I was really processed. Like I started to actually really process like the whole situation with my uncle, and then you know what what my family and I went through after that, and then. Um, like I was starting to process those things, I guess, and mm-hmm. like actually see them with reason, yeah. clarity, and like, and that's and that's one thing I've realized too is when you when you read the Bible and you pray, right, about things like that, you start to see things in a different light. Mm-hmm. So you start to learn, like, okay, like you're never really, I don't think like you're ever really gonna 100 percent know what God's doing because He's God. Like, yeah, we don't have we, the knowledge. We can't, we can't even fathom, yeah, like, what He's got going no. on. <laughs> and but the best way to like. The, the way I always say it is, like, to find peace because you're not going to find happiness, mm-hmm. right? Like, mm-hmm. happiness is just a – It's a state of mind. Yeah, it's not – like, being a Christian isn't about happiness, mm-hmm. but you can gain peace. Mm-hmm. And I felt like I finally started to gain peace with things like yeah, that. and fulfillment. Yeah, and I was like, man, like, this is – it was awesome. And uh, so in fall, fall of 2020 – yeah, that was fall of 2020. So then we go into the spring of 2021 – and it's still like a shortened season. COVID's messing everything yeah. up. Like it's it's a mess. Yeah. Like we only played like thirty games. We yeah. weren't very good, yeah. like at all. I wasn't playing either, and so like everything just seemed to be going wrong. And I was yeah. like, I was upset. My mental health was not great, but I was like getting into the Word more. My faith, though, my walk with God was still, I would say, going strong. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's the thing keeping yeah. you up, huh? And I was just like, man, like you know. I was not. I was not happy. I was not. Um, just. I just was. I was just in a bad state of mind at that point. Not like angry or anything. Like I was before, but mm-hmm. I was just like unhappy, I guess, mm-hmm. or un unfulfilled. Like I was just like, ugh. Mm-hmm. And then, um, yeah. So then, whatever that happens, and then I go I play summer ball. You know, whatever. Met. I met a lot of good people. I would play summer ball in Florida. That's was in awesome. some, like it, that was cool. The league stunk, dude. <laughs> Again, dude, COVID messed things up, and then it was like raining all the time. It's uh, so, like yeah. baseball wise, it sucked. But dude, I always say like that was probably the most fun, the most fun, not fun summer ever. Because like <laughs> I met so many cool dudes, and like we did it, so much fun stuff. Like just went to, um, went to the beaches, dude. Went to like Cocoa Beach or is that what it's called? Whatever, I forgot. But like, dude just it was fun like i had fun there like outside of baseball i had a lot of fun met so many cool people no like, yeah that's huge got to see like um dude there's a lot of like puerto ricans cubans like all like trying to play baseball they were they were in this like bad like this just dirt league for whatever reason <laughs> but to them they're just trying to play man like yeah. and it was cool to learn like their mindset when it came to baseball and like mm-hmm. their just to meet people like i dude if i would have never went to summer ball there if i would have just stayed home i would have never met all those people like i would have never seen those cultures and like learned and like mm-hmm. talked to all these different people and like um expanded your yeah, show dude and like i went with uh two guys from wagner at the time uh lucas and uh jake we were teammates and they were great dudes and they're younger than me so like we're living in this hotel room together it's like one of us, two of us are sleeping on the regular beds. One of us is sleeping on a couch bed, and we would rotate. <laughs> and uh, But, like, living with them, dude, was so fun. Like, just, like, 
I, that was like we played poker with like quarters and stuff and it was <laughs> like so i summer was cool and uh my faith was kind of like a little dormant but like i was you know it was it was cool you mm-hmm. know I, like i was i was happy and then uh and then the fall was that fall of 21 came and i was living in a house with like my uh good friends from wagner that like teammates that i felt really, like we were really close like we lived together in the dorms through like covid through the shortened season yeah. like, we had been through a lot of stuff together so your family at this yeah point. and yeah. so we're living in a house together and uh and it was cool man like i had a fun fall but just more of like what i talked about earlier like just super unhappy like unfulfilled like like you felt god like, wasn't really calling you yeah to be there. that's what it, exactly 100 percent. i've yeah. never you know what that was a perfect way of saying it like i felt like i wasn't supposed to be there anymore mm-hmm. like for whatever reason i just didn't feel like i was supposed to be there mm-hmm. i was just like man like i'm not you know, I'm just not my 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 faith at the time was shaky. Like I just wasn't. I felt like I was straying away from God. Yeah. And I felt like if I would have stayed there, from a faith perspective, I felt like if I would have stayed there, I probably would have just kept walking away from God, just because like yeah. of what you know. It's just it is what it is. Your your story and the way you feel about Wagner is exactly how I feel about you. Yeah. be Like love the people that I met out there. Yeah, I dude. still have great relationships, yeah. but at the same time. It was an environment that didn't challenge me to grow towards God. It yeah. challenged me to walk away from yeah, Him. Yeah, 100%. And, like, I've never experienced such, like, self-control struggles. Yeah. And, like, having to, like, not conform. Yeah. Because conformity is mm-hmm. huge. 100%. Especially in the Christian walk. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, like, being in that environment, I was like, oh. On top of me being injured and yeah. all that, uh... I was like, socially, this, like, God doesn't want me to be here. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty much how I felt, man. I was just, like, just super unfulfilled is the best word. Like, Mm -hmm. dude, like, I had fun out there. I love the people. Like, can't say enough good things about all the people I met there. And, Mm -hmm. like, but, like, just personally, I felt like I wasn't, just wasn't happy there. Wasn't Mm -hmm. meant to be there. Wasn't meant to be there. Like, I was not called to be there. I felt super just... You know, I was just like, man, I'm stuck. stuck. Like, I, I don't feel right here. Like, take take baseball and all that. Like, put all that to the side. Just as an individual, like a human being, mm-hmm. just felt like I wasn't supposed to be there. Like, I felt stuck. I felt like just wasn't for me anymore. Like, mm-hmm. living there, going to school there, playing baseball there, all of it. Like, just wasn't for me anymore. Like, yeah. I just was not happy. I was not, didn't feel meh. close to God. Yeah. Like, I was just like, you know. And so then, um, yeah, so then I, I made the you know, it was a tough decision, man. Like I, I went back and forth about it for weeks. I was freaking, I was, dude, I was stressed out of my mind. I couldn't sleep. Anxiety was through the roof, but you know, I decided I finally made a decision to transfer. Mm-hmm. And that was one of the hardest decisions I've ever had to make just cause I did care so much about the people there. Mm-hmm. And like, I did have like such good memories there. Yeah. But I just, I thought it was the best decision for me. Mm-hmm. So then, yeah, I, I go into the portal and then it's a mid-year, so I was a, I was a mid-year transfer, which is you know in the baseball world is kind of like difficult, mm-hmm. like you know most yeah. like it's especially to, like it's after the fall where after like the fall and you know for, for people who don't know, but like in the baseball world, like the fall is where you really like get after it. You mm-hmm. mesh with the team, mm-hmm. you learn everything about these mm-hmm. guys. Like that's like where all the it's important stuff happens. Huge right? culture, yeah. So I'm like, oh man, like. I'm going to be a mid-year transfer rolling into some program. <laughs> Everyone's going to be like, like, who's this, this guy? guy? <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, I entered the portal, and uh, I instantly was talking to some schools, 
Um, but I wanted to come back to California. Like I missed California. I missed being home. Mm-hmm. Um, I missed more than like it wasn't so. I don't know. I just I felt like if I had the opportunity to play baseball in California, which all baseball in California is really freaking good, man. No matter mm-hmm. what level you're at, I felt like if I had the chance to do that, I'd be, you know, it'd be a no brainer for me. So, yeah. um, I get in the portal. I had some schools talking to me from like down south, uh, which go, going down south would have been cool, but I just didn't feel like that was right at all. Like I was just like, ah, we'll see. Yeah. You know, if I have nothing else, then yeah, I'll yeah. go. But like it'd be kind of just repeating what you'd already dude, done. Yeah. And then, yeah. uh, then eventually, uh, the head coach from Viola called me. I was like, oh, Viola, <laughs> cool. And uh, it was the same coach that um, he knew me from UC San Diego. So it was, it was Jeff Calhoun. Okay. Great guy. Shout out, Callie. <laughs> but uh, he – so, yeah, he called me when I'm in the portal. And uh, I was like, dude. And he was like – and I knew him. Like I, like I said, I already kind of knew him. And, uh, dude, instantly clicked. Like That's him huge. and I got along great. Mm-hmm. We were talking. And I was like, oh, man, like this could be real like i could totally see myself at viola yeah and i knew some other guys on the team there like that i played baseball with in high school or that i played against dude that's so important yeah that's something that dude. like why i'm going to chafee now yeah 100 for that exact reason yeah. like i know the coaches really well mm-hmm. i know the players really well yeah, we respect each other and like being cut from the same cloth is the most important yeah, thing dude. for growth 100 percent. and i was like dude as soon as i got off the phone from him i remember thinking like man, this is, like, I could see myself going there. This dude's awesome. He's a great dude. He's honest. Like, we're just, mm-hmm. it, you know. And uh, and then um, at the same time, a few days later, Cal Poly Pomona starts talking to me. And mm-hmm. I was talking to them before, like, in high school. Okay. And uh, the pitching coach there, uh, Jensen, great dude, solid guy. Um, he was talking to me, and I was like, oh, man, like, I could go to Viola. I could go to Cal Poly. That's all I need, dude. Mm-hmm. Two California schools close to perfect home. like yeah. great programs mm-hmm. like and really good conferences i was like man let's do it so uh i actually flew home i was still living in new york because uh i had to take my final or no i didn't it wasn't even i was still living out there because it was right before right before finals that's what it was okay. so you're finishing it yeah up. i was finishing up so i couldn't leave yet but i flew out for the weekend because uh my parents had like these southwest points so like we got the i got a flight as well. back home cheap yeah. and i went on a visit to viola and i went on a visit to cal poly and those two days man it was back to back so i was home literally got home friday i think um went straight from the airport to viola visited <laughs> and then saturday visited cal poly then sunday flew back to new york wow but it was like a super fun two days man it yeah, was like my, awesome. my dad and i went to both schools Went on a visit, talked to the coaches. You know, like I said, great programs, great coaches, great people. I was like, it was, I was, dude, I was stuck, honestly. I couldn't decide. Mm Because it was definitely between those two schools. And I was like, talking about with my parents, talking about with my girlfriend. I was like, man, I don't know. Like, I really don't know. I really felt like I had had no idea where I was going to go. Like, it was either one of those two schools, but I didn't know which one to pick. Like, I felt. You'd be good at either one. Yeah, and I was so stuck, honestly. Like, it was a good stuck, but I was like, I don't know. Like, I really felt. So, I dude, honestly, I kept praying about it. Because through through this whole time, I started really leaning on God. Mm Because I was like, this is going to be tough, man. Like, I'm transferring now. You know, this you is, make I've my never decisions. done anything like this. You make my yeah, decisions. That's pretty that much what it felt like. Yeah. And uh, so I'm back in New York, and then 
I was praying about it, praying about it. Still had no idea where I was going to go. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, one night, like, Cal Poly coach calls, calls me. He's like, hey, dude, like, the your transcripts aren't going to – some of your classes aren't passing through, so you're going to be ineligible for the spring. And he goes, so if you come here, like, you're not going to be able to – you're not going to be able to play mm-hmm. until the fall or next season, whatever. Yeah. And Biola, private and school, was, baby. Yeah, private and I was school. like, oh, dude. Like, I was like, okay, like, all right. And he, but he was so cool, man. He was straight, he was honest, straight up. And he was like, hey, like, we want you to come here. Like, we want you to come here. We want you to play for us. Like, we love you. We think you're awesome. He goes, dude, but you need to go where you're going to play. Mm-hmm. And he goes, if you're not going to play right away here just because you're going to be ineligible. That's great. And that was awesome. That is. like, you yeah. know, other coaches would have just been like, oh, dude, like, Absolutely. who cares? Like, just come in. But they were they, honest, and yeah. they were like, that's why, like, those guys at Cal Poly, dude, I'll always respect and like, Absolutely. love just because of that. Like, the way yeah. they so they were honest. just great dudes. And I was like, yeah. you know what? I really appreciate that. Um, so when we hung up, and then I was like, well, I'm going to Biola. Yeah. Like, I'm going to do it because yeah. I already knew, like, the transcripts would be fine at Biola. It was mm-hmm. already set up. I was like, all right, like I'm gonna, we're going to Biola, and that was like, I, f- I truly felt like God kind of took it out of my either. hands, dude. Absolutely. Like God, that was like, that was a God thing, one hundred and ten percent. Yeah, I wholeheartedly believe that was a God thing. Yeah. So then, yeah, I called Calhoun, and I was like, all right, like I'm coming, <laughs> like let's do it. And he did. He was fired up. I was fired up. And um, yes, yeah, so then I, I moved out of New York. I, uh, dude, I was out of there in the, f- like. Be, uh, right before Thanksgiving so my professors okay. were cool they were like hey oh, that's pretty quick yeah dude they were like because finals are usually in the beginning of December but I told I was yeah. pretty honest with my professors and all that and like, like what I'm I was doing not coming back and they were like hey just take your finals online so all my professors oh, shout dope. out my professors they were really cool yeah and uh, um, yeah so I took my finals online I was home before Thanksgiving or after Thanksgiving and then uh, yeah I was I was home and I was ready to go to Biola man and then we I moved into Biola January 6th, and I was like, I was juiced, man. I just was pumped. I felt, as soon as I got on campus, man, I felt like, this is it. This is it, dude. Like, no, nah, I didn't even feel that way when I visited Wagner, and I felt great at that time. Like, I was like, dude, I'm Wagner here. I'm going to be at Wagner all four years. Like, I felt great, but it didn't even compare to the feeling I had when I stepped on at Biola. God's peace is crazy yeah, dude, like that. God's plan, man. And I was yeah. like, you know what? This is where I'm meant to be. Like, I felt so good man and then dude i from that point on man like my faith took off like i learned so much and like just it was like just life-changing like coming mm-hmm. to biola and being there and like the dudes are freaking awesome man i love them um cali was cool man he was like i would go into his office talk to him and he was just a good dude like i felt freaking just i felt Family. like i felt like you know what this is it this is where i'm supposed to be 110 percent that's how it felt and I was like I love it like I wouldn't trade it for the world and mm-hmm. I was like dude if I could go back in time and do it all over again I would do it 100% because I finally feel like this is where I'm called to be and yeah. I've learned so much man like um, just the people there the teammates there like it's just such a good environment and mm-hmm. like I loved it man baseball was great like I just and I, I had fun like I felt like I was having fun on the baseball field again mm-hmm. like I like not, and it wasn't even about like it wasn't about playing or nothing like that like I wasn't playing all the time mm-hmm. but I would just like I loved going to practice like I loved I woke up and I was like dude I'm juiced to go to the field today That's so and important. I hadn't felt that in a long time just because of like you know mental stuff yeah. and other things like you know yeah all the noise yeah like 
and I was like, dude, like I was so happy. Like I finally felt just boom, that's where I'm supposed to be. Mm-hmm. And then my faith, like I said, started taking off, man. Like the Bible classes at Biola, there sometimes are a lot of work, dude, and they're hard, <laughs> but you learn. Like I, I took a, a Old Testament class, and then that's when I finally, like, was like, man. The Bible, the story of Christ is so much bigger. Being a Christian is so much bigger than just Jesus came on the cross, died for our sins. Mm-hmm. It's so much bigger than that. Mm-hmm. And I was that's the first time when I took that Old Testament class because you see the whole timeline mm-hmm. of how everything happened. Yeah. And why Jesus had to come in the first mm-hmm. place. Like why like dude, I was like yeah. Yeah. like blown away. And all the prophecies oh, fulfilled. Dude, like every crazy. every single thing. So yeah. cool. And I was like, Yeah, that old testament class really like I learned stuff I never knew, man. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah. So then from that point on, I was like, dude, I'm all, this is awesome. This is where I'm supposed to be. I'm happy. I've, I've met some of the greatest dudes, like just, just mm-hmm. good guys, man. And like, so yeah. And then, I mean, more than anything, my faith though has just exploded yeah. since being there. Like I've, it's been really cool. I'm super thankful, like just blessed, thankful, all the above, man. Without, yeah. Without God, I wouldn't be where I am today at all. So, Absolutely. Yeah. Just goes to show, like, when you choose God, like, he's going to choose you right back. Oh, yeah. And man. he's going to bless you tenfold. Yes, 100%, dude. Yeah. Where are you at now in terms of your relationship with God? Like, you said that you're growing and that yeah. Biola has been great for you to grow mm-hmm. in that faith walk and everything like yeah. that. But what does a Christian walk look like to you today? Um, Dude, I mean that's that's probably been the biggest thing like learning that uh at biola so like i think i started to learn it when i was at wagner reading the book of acts because i was like this is what you know this mm-hmm. is what being a christian is like mm-hmm. but uh one of the books couple books actually at biola we did a bible study as a team um great bible study so much fun with like dudes you could play baseball with every day and you're talking yeah. about christ and stuff like that um we did a we did it on romans Okay. I don't know if we ever finished. We got pretty close to finishing, but, you know, season ends. We had to go home. Mm-hmm. Um, and Romans, dude, was like, that's a great freaking book, man. Because you learn, yeah. like, it's basically telling right you. Right after Acts. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it's telling you, like, hey, this is what it looks like. This yeah. is what your faith looks like as a Christian. Mm-hmm. So reading that, man, and then at the same time, I was reading James. I read James. That book was freaking cool, too. Like, at both times, it's kind of showing you, like, hey, this is what this is what it means to be a Christian, right? And so reading, getting in the word like that, like really changed my, my life, man. And I'm, a, I'm the biggest advocate for like, I think you need to read your Bible. As a Absolutely. Christian, 100%. There's no other way around it. I, like you can be a Christian and not read the Bible, sort of, but I think you're you know, not going to grow. You're not going to grow. Exactly. Like if you don't read the Bible, you're never going to progress as a Christian. You're not going to mm-hmm. learn as much. You're just going to be, you're going to be a Christian that you're comfortable with being. You're not going to be like yeah. a real Christian. And you can't be comfortable as yeah, a Christian. Exactly. We're not called to be comfortable. No. And so that was a, that was another thing, that right there, yeah. learning that. Like, if you don't read your Bible as a Christian, you're never going to progress. And then really mm-hmm. it's like, are you even on a on a faith walk if you're not reading your Bible, mm-hmm. right? Like, are you even... You're, you're, in, a, you're in like a faith stand. You, yeah, <laughs> like you're in this position where it's like, yeah. you, you know, and then that's a whole other... <laughs> we could talk about that all day, but yeah, no, I mean, me personally, like just understanding what it's like to be a Christian and like what that looks like. The biggest thing for me is understanding that it's not, you know, it's not perfect. I'm not going to be perfect. Mm-hmm. I'm going to fall short 
like yeah. all the time mm-hmm. and I'm going to fail all the time and I'm going to be, cause I struggled. We talked about this um, the other day, but struggle sometimes being like a hypocrite where it's like, mm-hmm. I, I talk about Christ. I dude, I love talking about the faith. And then I look in the mirror and I'm like, dude, I'm a sinner. Like I sin every day. What am I doing? Do I even have the authority to talk about Christ? Mm-hmm. And that's something I kind of battle with. But then at the same time, it's like, but it's through the Holy Spirit within us that Christ gave us that we have that authority to mm-hmm. speak on his behalf. And we yeah. have the authority to do things. And like, you know, it doesn't matter. It's bigger than just me. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not about me. It'd be it'd be prideful and selfish for me to think that like it's all, you know, about me. That like, okay, I can't talk about Christianity because yeah. I'm a sinner. Like, that's not the point. Yeah. So, and just, like, look yeah. at look at the disciples. Like, yeah, they're tax collectors, yeah, hated. They're exactly. fishermen, not yeah. quote unquote qualified. Yeah. Um, and like, it goes on and on. Oh, like, dude, he picked 100%. the most ragtag group of guys. Yeah. Like, exactly, dude. Um, but yeah. to piggyback off what you're saying, like, yeah. I posted this on my post when I got baptized. But it says one of the essentials of being a Christian is not desiring to be perfect, but to follow the steps of the one who is. 100%. And that's like yeah. the perfect representation of what oh, yeah. it, a Christian walk really mm-hmm. is. Because like yes. we, we're, we're sinners. It says in the Bible, we got wicked hearts. Yeah. We're like, and the desires of the flesh is a whole another thing oh, that we yeah, could talk dude. about. Yeah. But it's choosing and submitting to yeah. drop everything and follow him. 100%, man. And that's been, honestly, since I've been at Biola and that's been the biggest thing for me to understand. Like, that's what it's all about. It's about um, my teammate, Andrew Lujan. Shout out, Luge. Great guy. <laughs> that's what he always says. He's like, dude, it's about picking up your cross, yep. carrying it, like, mm-hmm. def- de- defy yourself. Or, dying to yourself. Yeah, dying to yourself. Yeah. Like, deny deny yourself of those desires. Pick up yep. your cross, follow Christ. And, like, when I think of it that way, mm-hmm. that's what it is, man. You mm-hmm. know? And, like, yeah, you're going to fall. You're going to stumble. Like, mm-hmm. um at our Bible study, we use the terminology, like, how are you on your climb up the mountain? Because, mm-hmm. like, in faith, like, it, you are climbing a mountain. Mm-hmm. You know, you can either go forward, you can fall down, you can kind of stay in the same place. Yeah. Know? And um, just understanding, like, you might stumble when you do that. You might even take two steps back, man. Mm-hmm. But if you keep persevering every day, that I think that's why I like the book of James, because it mentions perseverance. Mm-hmm. And I, I, am a, I think perseverance is, like, the greatest quality you can have but that's what being a christian is if you like to sum it up no i mean not to sum it up but ultimately like just persevere man persevere through evils through your desires and just follow christ with everything Mm -hmm. you have and like the way when i think of it like that man it's just it it just makes so much sense to me yeah it's like you know and it's awesome and like what it means to be a christian and live that out and like dude i fall short all the time like you know and i'm just like man Mm -hmm. I should clean that up a little bit you know what I mean (laughs) but like just understanding that and and doing that man like constantly having that mindset and like one thing I try to do is like surrender like completely surrender your life to God Mm -hmm. is I think a huge part of being a Christian but that is hard man like it's hard to let go and it's hard to like it is and it's hard to even put that into words because like it it looks different for everybody Mm -hmm. you know everyone has their own relationship with Christ but um like for me, like praying a lot and just praying for like, you know, I give it to you, Christ. Like I'm surrendering, like, and not try to do everything myself or not try to solve things. Yeah. Like, dude, you know, it's I not, think, it's not my place to know everything, yeah. you know, and I need Christ for that. Yeah. 
especially like us as guys like we're so stubborn and like trying to do everything ourselves Mm -hmm. yeah like i can't speak for the girls because i don't know how they are (laughs) but um like as guys like we're so stubborn yeah dude um but also like what you were talking about earlier ephesians 4 talks about throwing off like your old sinful nature and Mm -hmm. your former way of life which is corrupted and instead let the spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes and put on your new nature created to be like God, truly righteous and holy, because we're all created in the image of God. And another, I I forget the verse that, but there's this verse that talks about um, letting your mind be transformed, like the renewing of your mind. That's in in Romans, I think, or there's a verse like that in Romans. Yes. Yeah. But I can't quote it off the top of my head. My bad. I'll get better. Um, (laughs) Yeah, essentially it's that. It's, because sometimes it doesn't make sense to a lot yeah. of people and it seems foolish even that's like the most important thing is like when you do submit when you do let the holy spirit kind of take over it's like like you were talking about at wagner you see things in a whole different light yeah and you see things from a whole new perspective 100 yeah um and that in and of itself is growth oh dude totally and like i think uh i was talking about this the other day with, uh, with my mom and i was like you know when you really read the Bible and you you pursue Christ, the way you look at the world and everything that happens in the world is so much different. Like mm-hmm. it's so you look at it as like I don't want to say black and white, but nah, it's, like, I was thinking it's that. good. Yeah, it's it good is. versus evil. You know yeah. what I mean? And like there, sh- like I do think like there's gray areas in certain situations where it's like it is a little gray. But I think that's because we live in a broken world in a broken system created by broken human beings like mm-hmm. fallen human beings so yeah. nothing's you know so yeah there is times where there is a little bit of a gray area but dude ultimately man it's either pursuing christ or not it's either mm-hmm. good or it's evil you know what i mean fighting the good fight or yeah or not or, not. or yeah. you're stagnant and like to me too like where you're stagnant and yeah. like stagnant you could say is in that gray area but ultimately if you're stagnant though you're not I don't you know. know. I I would I'd be willing to argue that yeah. saying stagnant's not. I would you know, and I would I would I would agree with that. Too. We yeah. We talked about extent, this the other day sure. where. So there's a book written by Eric Metaxas called A Letter to the American Church, and it talks about the gray area, and mm-hmm. specifically it brings up history of Nazi Germany. Yeah, I remember you telling me about this. Yeah, and where they're talking about it was the eighteen thousand or so pastors that were in. Germany Mm -hmm. at that time and there were 6,000 that as Hitler was climbing through the ranks there were 6,000 pastors that were like no signing a petition like that's wrong that this can't happen Mm -hmm. kind of thing there were 12,000 that stood by and did nothing that's double the amount of the people that were going against him Mm -hmm. 12,000 that were like oh you know what like let's just kind of sit back stay stagnant not do anything Mm -hmm. A year later, a year or two, I don't remember the exact time, but 6,000 turned into 3,000. Yeah. And the 3,000 that left that petition chose to be neutral as well. Yeah. And boom, now you got 15,000 people that are doing nothing, and, and that opens evil. the gate yeah. for evil to come in. No, I, you know what? I, I 100% agree with that because, like, if the only way for evil to triumph is if good doesn't do anything. Exactly. Right? So, like, exactly. You know, 
ultimately in the in the eternal fight like good's gonna win right mm -hmm. evil might win like a battle here and there like evil mm -hmm. does you know take their yeah like in star victories. wars yeah. empire strikes back <laughs> <laughs> exactly but dude ultimately good will win yeah and the only way evil the only way evil wins is if good good people do nothing right so like, yeah hey just yeah in star wars only time the empire was prevailing there were no jedi yeah exactly Boom. dude exactly life is star wars but uh <laughs> yeah man no and that's that's been another thing too is like because i that's another thing has been like understanding like christianity too like being a christian following christ it's like it is good versus evil mm -hmm. like it's not it's not uh there's like this you know there's like a stigma where it's like oh christians are soft right and like for some people yeah like, there's christians that are soft right but dude for the most part man like anyone who's a christian they have like they have they've seen their fair share or they've done their fair share of like fighting the good fight mm -hmm. and like you have to be tough man like mm -hmm. jesus was tough you know mm -hmm. like dude, dude endured so much and like bro got nails through yeah. his hands like and this is one thing that's uh, tough at biola um cali calhoun said this and it sticks with me he said he goes jesus was a bad dude he was <laughs> fighting for your souls man and i was like and that, dude, honestly, they got the team like fired up. No, all, that's yeah, lit. it was weird juice. So shout out Calhoun again. But, uh, <laughs> and I was like, you know what? Like that is true. Mm -hmm. That's what Jesus does, man. That's what Absolutely. he did. And so it's like, so in order for us to follow him and do that, because like ultimately we're fighting for our soul, we're fighting for other people's souls too, man. Like mm -hmm. we want, we're trying to save as many people as we can, right? Mm -hmm. And like trying to save them from evil, save them mm -hmm. from the devil, like save each other. Ultimately, yeah. spread the gospel, like the word of of god's kingdom man mm -hmm. and uh in order to do that though you gotta be you can't be soft you can't be yeah you have to be tough like you gotta endure stuff you gotta like deny yourself which is hard yeah you gotta control yourself hard mm -hmm. like you gotta and sometimes you know depending on where you are or what you're doing like you do have to come face to face with like yeah evil people or people that just want yeah. nothing to do with you that don't want to hear about christ and stuff like that yeah and so you have to be in you have to endure that you know mm -hmm. like 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 I said in Acts, like look at what they went through, man. Mm -hmm. You know, we're called to do that. Like we are called to suffer. We're called to do things yeah. like that to go through that. The nasty persecution, yeah. the way they died, like yeah. the gruesome, gruesome, yeah. dude, crazy. So like, that's a huge thing for me in understanding that too. Is like, dude, like you gotta get after it. Like, yeah. and to put it simply, like, <laughs> you know, like being a Christian is getting after it every yeah. day. You know, it's like, yeah, some you know, on a personal level, even this morning. I woke up and I was like, kind of met with spiritual warfare, like yeah. as if like the enemy didn't want me to do this with yeah. you today. Because mm -hmm. I was like, ah, what if like the equipment doesn't work? Like we yeah, spent an hour yeah. setting See? this up, Just and I was like, yeah, ah, I don't want to deal with that and everything like that. And yeah. then I was like, something for me um, that I've come to talk to you about is how the enemy uses like tactics mm -hmm. through yeah. spiritual warfare. Definitely. Um, one gets you in patterns of sin. That's easiest one. Yeah. Boom. Um, two, it's through deception and lies. Mm -hmm. um, Confusion. Yeah. Exactly. And the third, when he can't get you with those two, it's discouragement, mm -hmm. making you feel like you're not good enough. Or you're not equipped. Yeah. So this morning I woke up and I'm writing in my journal and I always started off like good morning champ or like something yeah. like positive and I just stood there for like a minute and I'm like yeah it doesn't feel like a good morning yeah. and like I look outside and it's all gloomy yeah. and like there was nothing in me like 
willing to fight their good fight. Yeah. And then right then and there, because over the past month or two, as I've been growing like rapidly in my mm -hmm. faith, there's been times where like I'm super discouraged oh, yeah. and I let that overwhelm me. And 100%. I let that like, as if I let the enemy get what he yeah. wants and instantly it clicked because last night I kind of felt like God was calling me to read Joshua mm -hmm. and like I've never really taken the time to fully study it but I was just like you know what I'm just gonna read a chapter yeah. so then I go I open it and it's talking about Joshua bringing all the Israelites like Moses people that he yeah. led through yeah. they're waiting for 40 years the time's finally done where they're ready to go in and take the land that God promised them yep. And read that in Old Testament class. <laughs> Solid. Shout out Biola. Yeah, um, but something that really stuck out to me was God telling us how we should be strong and courageous. Yeah. And that we shouldn't fear or be dismayed and that he's going to be with us. He's mm -hmm. not going to forsake us. Yep. So instantly I called back to what I read that night before and I chose to fight the good fight right then and there to not let it go any further because yeah. I could go down that rabbit hole of being discouraged yeah. and being dismayed and yeah. being scared. And the devil wins, and, man. Exactly. Yeah. Whatever. And he's laughing. And so I make the choice. Like I write happy Friday. Didn't feel yeah. like it, but yeah. I made that choice. Yeah. And then I was like, ah, you know, I'm still not feeling it, but like, how can I combat this? Yeah. Thankfulness. So then I wrote, Thank you, Lord, for waking me up today. Yeah, Boom. Dude. That's a truth. Yeah. Thank you for reminding me to be strong and courageous. And from then on, I was like, Woo, let's go. Yeah, it's going to be a great day. It, and thank you for reminding me to be strong and courageous, to not fear or be dismayed. And I was like, wow, how awesome you are. Because of you, I have everything I shall not lack. It's easy for me sometimes to be dismayed or discouraged, but I understand that simply just lets the enemy get what it wants. So through you, I shall stay strong and courageous, having steadfast faith, unable to be scattered or shaken like leaves in the wind. Yeah. Dude, 100%, man. That's from then like, on, I was like, today's going to be a good day. Yeah. Dude, uh, what you said about being grateful, man, like gratitude is such a important thing. Mm -hmm. It's such a – that can change, like you said, change your whole outlook on your day. Mm -hmm. And it really does, man. Like if you wake up, just being thankful for things as simple as waking up, which isn't that simple, I mean – people pass all the time man mm -hmm. so the fact that you woke up like oof, like be thankful for that yeah you know that's I mean? something to check off on the yeah day. like because I'm, I'm the same way man when i'm like you know i don't want to get out of bed i don't want to go work out i don't want to go do bait like stuff that's like big in my mind but mm -hmm. you know in the context of the whole world like yeah, me small. going up and yeah. go hit in a cage for an hour is not that big of a deal right yeah so, like, I can get up and go do that because, like, I have the opportunity to. Like, I'm mm -hmm. grateful. Like, God's given me the talent. God's given me the – the. he's put me in the situation to do, mm -hmm. to be able to do that. Like, yeah. I'm going to go do it with everything I yeah. have because exactly. I'm grateful for that. And yeah. that – like, that's such a powerful tool, man. Like, just being – just being grateful, having gratitude mm -hmm. for where you are and where you're going. And, like, yeah, that's okay. a huge thing that um, – that was actually uh, this, this dude at Biola gave, like, a talk about that, like, in one of our chapels. Mm -hmm. He – is like a professor and his hu all he does is like study gratitude and like the effect it has on the human mind and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And, uh, that whole chapel, he talked about like the benefits, like the benefits of what it has on the human mind. Cause he's like psychology. He's like a psychology professor and, uh, 
Bible professor. Oh, that's awesome. So dude. That's that's what I want to do actually. Yeah, yeah, super interesting. And like, dude, the effects that being just being grateful, like just having gratitude has on you is like unreal. Yeah. The positive effects it has on your life and like your brain and what how you think and how you go about your day. I don't remember like specific numbers he gave off, but I remember being like, Man, that's something so simple it's can huge. have such a profound impact on yeah. you, you know? I'd be willing to argue that it's probably like one of the best tools oh, yeah. to fight against spiritual warfare and dude. to fight the yeah. good fight. Because like if the enemy can get you to believe that there's nothing to be grateful for mm-hmm. and that you have nothing, yeah. he's already won. Oh, dude, 100%. Yeah. yeah. Like, and uh, that's another thing why I think reading your Bible is so important because like in there, in the Bible, it says, you know, like when Jesus is tempted, right? Mm-hmm. And he uses scripture to deny, exactly. to defeat the devil, right? Huge. And that's that's why reading your Bible is so important. Huge. You need to have scripture ready to rock and roll, dude. You it's like have, your ammunition. Yeah, like it is. When you face temptations or when you face when you face things like that, and like like today, like you were you were being discouraged, right? Mm-hmm. Like there's there, and then you have Joshua to lean on. You have scripture to lean on mm-hmm. that says, no, 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 no. Like you're good. True. Keep fighting the fight. Exactly. And so. um like that's a huge part man and like that's why uh guys on the team actually do on on my team do like verse memorization mm-hmm. and like i i feel like i need to start doing that because i have like bits and pieces in there but mm-hmm. i don't have like whole verses yeah. and so uh but that's the reasoning that they do that because the you know in like it's i i have it ready to go man like mm-hmm. whenever i'm ready like when i'm enduring you know whatever Satan, the enemy you know yeah. and so uh yeah i think that's a huge like a huge huge advantage and something that everyone needs to do as a christian you know like that's what we're called to do yeah so, absolutely yeah, for sure. fight the good fight fight the good fight that's actually uh that's a funny uh me and luhan who i was telling you about that was our uh that was our thing that we would like before games or whatever we'd like dab each other up and be <laughs> like hey dunk go fight the good fight or like <laughs> louie go fight the good fight man and like it was a uh, it was about baseball, but like it wasn't. Like you know, it was bigger than baseball. So much like it was like we would say it on the baseball field, but the yeah. reason we were saying it wasn't because of baseball. Like we would say it because of we're, we're Christians more. Like before yeah. anything else in this world, yeah. man, we're Christians. We're followers yeah. of Christ. Everything Absolutely. else is after that. Yeah. And uh, so that's actually funny that we keep saying that because mm-hmm. that's him and I would say that before every game. Like mm-hmm. yeah, so that's cool. That brings up something. Um, in the last time I pitched, yeah, uh, on the first pitch of the day. I, I threw it in there, felt completely funky. I saw the ball like literally die as it was going to the catcher <laughs> mitt. I'm like, oh man. So instantly, like obviously there's going to be that doubt. Yeah. There's going to be that spirit of mm. like, you're not good enough. So instantly for me, it was, oh, here we go again. But then it was like kind of in the back of my mind. Cause like I said, I've been working on yeah. not being discouraged. Um, so then instantly I kind of had that flip and I was like, there's so much more to life than this. Yeah, dude. And, like, that was one pitch. Like, that was one second of, like, my whole life. Yeah. And baseball, like, I'm at the point now with baseball where it's, like, I'm just following God, like, wherever yeah. he's leading me. Like, yeah. so be it. I'm totally. happy. Um, so I flipped that perspective to life so much bigger than this. My yeah. God's so much bigger than this. Like, I'm going to do this to honor him. And so what? 100%. And then yeah. from then on, like, I was filled with nothing but confidence and peace and, like, I was enabled to go out and shove. And then, like, lo and behold, I shoved. So that just goes to show, like, God's going to fight your battles for you if you let him. Yeah, 100%. And, uh, 
that was a the other thing my head coach now at Biola, Jesse, we actually talked about that, like how like life, almost like a sto- stoicism kind of thing where it's like Love things it. only have value when you give them that yep, value. Yep, absolutely. And so uh, him and I actually talk about that a lot because like, dude, it's easy in baseball to be like, oh my God, I just went over three, three Ks. Like I'm not good. What am I going to do? Like it's easy to go down that rabbit hole. Mm-hmm. But if you give it that power, that's, mm-hmm. it only has power if you give it. Mm-hmm. And that was like, Jesse and I talked about that. And he was that actually helped me a lot. Like he was big on that. He was like, "So what, man? Like, you know, things. Uh, the thing him and I always say is funny. He's like, things are just things. <laughs> no, like, literally, it's true. That's, it's facts. And like that's been a huge thing too. Just talk, being able to talk to him about that. And that's another thing about being at Biola, man. Like I can go talk. Like I can have that conversation with my coach about mm-hmm. like Christ and you know what I mean. Like yeah, you can't awesome. do that everywhere else. You like can't. I, I can talk about Christ and and freaking stoicism and life life like i can talk about so things way bigger than baseball you know yeah and so that's another thing that's cool but yeah so that's interesting you brought that up because him and i talk about that all the time is like you know give it up to god man trust god mm-hmm. like nothing you shouldn't give things that power over you mm-hmm. right it's like the only thing you can really give power to is your faith in god right? yep. that's what you should aim for right because obviously you know we're gonna yeah. fail at that but Everything else only has value if you give it that value. Yeah. More than anything, you should just dedicate your 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 time, your power, your value to just trusting in God, man, mm-hmm. and letting whatever happens happens. Like, that's huge. Yeah, that's been that's been huge for me too. Yeah. And in Mark twenty four, wait no, Mark eleven verse twenty four, mm-hmm. it says, "Whatever you ask, it will be given to you." Like if you have faith. Yeah. And like believe that it's already been given to you, and you have it. Mm-hmm. And that's so huge. And like, yeah, it's, it's hard before you start getting these like mountains of faith, as I like to call it, yeah. it seems like impossible. Mm-hmm. Like what? All I have to do is like pray about it, ask about it. And it's already given to me. Yeah. Like, no, 100%. Like, and that's another thing too, is I think we often think like in that verse specifically, when we pray about something, we're going to get that exact thing that we pray for. Right. No, exactly. Whereas you'll get, Ultimately, you're going to get what you prayed for, but it's not going to look the way you think. Absolutely, it because you're not, yeah. you're not God. Like you're not. You're. Yeah. I'm a. I'm a broken human being. If I, it, I'm fallen. I'm not even capable of the knowledge that God has. Mm-hmm. Right. So, like, if I pray for something, why do I think I'm going to get that exact thing? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yep. I, that's like ignorant and of me to think I have that that power or yeah. you know what I mean? Like God's going to give us what we need, but He's going to give us. It's not going to look the way like we think it's going to look. And simply because he's God, right? And let alone instantaneously. Yeah. Like he's not I talked about this in my last podcast, but he's not an ATM. No. And yeah. I feel like a lot of people use God as like some sort of ATM to get whatever they yeah. want or to conquer whatever they mm-hmm. want or, you know, whatever. Yeah. Um that's not what Christianity is about. Yeah. It's, it's not mm-hmm. it's not using him to get what you want. No. It's, it's so it's, much more than that. No, it's base. It's dude. It's about, it's advancing his kingdom. Yep. And then if dude, and he'll reward you yeah. for doing that. Is I mean, he like, blesses like yeah, the good works that exactly, we do. But dude. it's it's not out of a, it's not out of a. If I do this, he's gonna give me no, this. It's out of just pure love. Exactly. Like love for his creation. It, it's selfless. Like I want to do this yeah. for him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, dude. And uh, that like goes right into like another thing is um you can walk from God right like you can walk away from God. But mm-hmm. he's never gonna walk away from you, and yeah. I, I wholeheartedly believe yeah. that, man. Just because of my my life experience, like I'm only 22 years old, I don't know what life experience <laughs> I'm talking about. But in my experiences with faith, 
that's what it is, man. No matter how far like I truly walked away from God or stopped mm-hmm. believing in all that, uh, he never left me, man. As soon as I was ready. Look what I just screenshotted yeah. today. That's pretty crazy. It says, if you find yourself far from God, remember he isn't the one who moved. Yeah. And that's exactly what Y over here is talking about. And that's exactly what it is, man. Like, I've walked away from God. I've thought that God's not real. I've gone through my doubts, as everyone does, right? Mm -hmm. But, like, no matter how far far down that rabbit hole you go, as soon as you turn right around, he's going to be right there Mm -hmm. waiting for you. You Absolutely. And so, yeah, like, that's been... That's a huge thing that I believe in for sure. And that's like, that's what the gospel is, man. No matter how far you've gone, no matter how, how, you know, beyond repair you think you are, you're not. As soon as you turn to Christ, dude, that all changes. And that's like something that's so beautiful to me. And like other people, you know, they don't like that. Other people don't like that about Christianity or whatever. That's to me, that's like the most beautiful and loving thing ever. Mm -hmm. No matter how screwed up you are, what you've done, you could be the most freaking wicked dude on the planet. But the you could be killing Christians. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like Paul. Like Paul. But as soon as you turn your heart to Christ, man, you are saved and you're forgiven. Yeah. Like it's that huge. to me is like so that's just amazing. Like, I don't Who know. Who does that? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like that's amazing to me. And it's yeah. like, I don't know. And if you don't, uh, I, that's. That's someone worth giving my awesome. life to. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. dude. Like that's, that's crazy. Like he, like Christ came down and died for that reason specifically and i'll like, live for that yeah like no matter how screwed up you are man that's why he came down and died mm-hmm. for you and then you honor him in the way that you mm-hmm. present yourself as a christian yeah in the way that, as a living sacrifice yes 100 percent. yeah and so like you know and all of this dude i've learned within the last year like i had never <laughs> thought of christianity like this right dude, and then same. you go to you go to Biola. i went to Biola, and i was like oh my lord like dude my there's so much more. I only yeah. know so little. Yeah, dude. Yeah. And then you realize, like, you finally realize, like, you start to understand, like, I started to understand, like, what this this faith is, man. Like, what mm-hmm. it what it looks like, what what it doesn't look like, mm-hmm. you know, like what what to do, what to uh, what how do I read the Bible, what do I read, stuff like mm-hmm. like just like where I've, to start. Yeah, like I've learned so much, man, and like just so blessed to be able to talk about it and like be in the situation that I'm in for sure, like all all glory to god like i I can't say much more than that about it you know what i mean like Like it's it's an amazing thing to be used by him totally it's crazy 100 percent. all right well with that Wyatt, i appreciate you coming in it was a blessing thanks for having me man i totally appreciate it this is this is awesome so thank you man yeah of course thanks for uh being a blessing to everyone listening in thank you my friend So that about wraps it up for today's episode. Till next time, stay positive, love one another, and have a good week. God bless.